I'm Leslie. And I'm Amber. And you're listening to The The Grim Mystics. Part two, friend. Part two. And we're just going to dive right in because who knows how long this will be. So <laughs> I figured I'll, we can talk about sources real quick. Pretty much the same as last week, but Keddy28.com in their YouTube channel, historicmysteries.com, uh, medium.com, crimeonline.com, forums, Reddit, the movie Cabin 28, ABC 10, and Plumas News were the two add-ons so okay last week was bananas that was a actually real quick i know the audio we know the audio Mm -hmm. was what it was we're not even going to nope we've we've talked about our audio problems enough we're (laughs) not we're new we're on episode 12 now like we love you guys for sticking through it and we'll we'll get there someday eventually yep just let us be okay okay And honestly, no one's been mean. It's not like anyone's reached out yeah. and been like, this is shit. No. Like, we just, we've, we've been apologizing a lot for it. So <laughs> we're just going to keep chugging and some weeks we'll have yeah. good weeks and some weeks we won't. Today's audio is going to be better because we're remote and we know how to do that because I have my first, I've had my first sinus infection. So we wanted to be safe and avoid coming in contact with each other. And um, yeah. yeah, so if I sound nasally or congested, uh, that's why. <laughs> so give Amber all your huggies because she needs them. Yeah. If you could send me all your good health vibes, that would be bomb because this sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. That's what I'm doing with my hand. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. I'm going to give a real quick cliff notes of last week, which I guess we should say this is part two. Part one was last week. If by chance you're listening out of order, you will be very confused. <laughs> so um, <laughs> just, yeah, squeeze back, go back there. So real quick, uh, April, what was it? 11th, 1981, 14-year-old Sheila Sharp finds her mother, brother, and brother's friend Dana dead in the family home, cabin 28 in Keddie, California. Three years after the murder, Tina Sharp's remains are found about 100 miles away in Keddie. And I do, I need to correct myself from last week. Okay. I jumped the gun a bit. Last week, I said that in the home, they found the two knives and a hammer, mm-hmm. and they did not find the hammer. Oh. It was just two knives, but because of the injuries on Johnny and Dana and Sue, mm-hmm. they knew that a hammer was involved. Oh, did they ever find the hammer? Oh, you wiggled. Okay. Part two. Here we <laughs> Part are. Part two. Here, here we, we go. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I needed to correct myself. Okay. I jumped the gun. So where we left off was that the cranium that was found in Feather Falls, which was 100 miles away from Ketty, was Tina's. Mm. Near the remains, investigators found a child's blanket, a blue nylon jacket, a pair of Levi jeans that, like, one of the back pockets was cut off, and they also found an empty medical tape dispenser. Mm. So, like, the question is, like, why was Tina removed from the home? Mm. You know, like, just a quick reminder there were all those rumors that like tina was being assaulted by men Mm -hmm. in the town and 
She might have been pregnant, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was one of the rumors that she was pregnant. So, like, I'm just going to say it. It's nasty, but it's important to talk about. Was Tina kept alive because she was pregnant? Mm. Was Tina taken and kept alive for, like, a sexual, like, slave? Gross. Yeah, Yeah, it's nasty. But things that are, I think, important to acknowledge or even think Mm. about do we know how long she was kept alive versus like her family we don't and that's i again there's a lot there's so many things about this case it's hard to to tell what's true and what's not but i i couldn't find i couldn't find if they even found more than her cranium i have heard that they had that they did find other remains but i didn't find that consistently so i don't feel comfortable like reporting that 100 Mm percent. she was so like deteriorated we don't know how she was killed. We don't mm. know when she was killed from what I've read. Wow. Okay. So like, so we don't know. So they could have kept her for a couple of days and then, you know, buried her somewhere. They could have kept mm-hmm. her for a couple months. Like how, I can't remember how many, how long was it from when the murder versus her cranium? How many, how long was that? It was three years. Okay. So we don't know. Like she, yeah, we don't know how long she was kept alive Mm -hmm. after that wow and when she was found she was found by like a guy who was recycling bottles or he was like looking for bottles to recycle oh and the cranium was in this like wooded area okay and then remember there was a 911 phone call Mm -hmm. anonymously that was like hey have you connected have you thought about that girl and keddy yeah which was super random that like pretty much giving them the connection yes Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. I honestly, I guess I just don't know. I really don't know what happened to Tina if she was kept alive, if she was assaulted more, if she was pregnant. Like we, I just don't know. I hope that they maybe did know <laughs> these questions. Like there was more to yeah. her remains. I know that she was buried with her brother and mother. I know that. Oh, okay. So hopefully they there was more to her remains and they've just like kept it quiet mm-hmm. for the case since it's still open. Yeah. But I, I just don't know. This case, it is still open, surprisingly. Oh, wow. Even though it was happened. Even though it's been so long, yeah. You know, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it was reopened around 2013 officially to where there is like an active investigator on that case. And it was opened by former Plumas County Sheriff Greg Hagwood. Mm-hmm. The current investigator is Special Investigator Mike Gamberg. And Sheriff Hagwood kind of steps in every now and then Mm. and they have said like their whole goal is to get this shit solved they that's all that they want good they both have like personal connections to it which i think is also important Mm. to getting this solved so mike gamberg was johnny and dana's martial arts instructor Mm. and the night before the murders dana was actually spending the night at his house so like he has a really close connection Mm -hmm. And then Greg Hagwood's connection is through his mother, who was one of Tina's teachers. Mm. Hopefully not the one that was in trouble. (laughs) Um, Hopefully. We can can (laughs) hope. It wasn't because I found that guy's name, so. Mm, Okay, good. (laughs) So both of them feel like this case was 100% solvable, especially in the 80s. They said this should have been solved. Hmm. No problem. Like, no questions asked. But the ball was dropped. Like, leads weren't followed through. Evidence wasn't even logged. I mean, like the worst possible case scenario for an unsolved murder, this that they did, hmm. essentially. 
Gamberg even was quoted to say, quote, you could take someone just coming out of the academy and they would have done a better job. Whoa, that's just like really. Yeah, that's those are fighting words. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, God, (laughs) that's rough. And so like, I I don't know. I don't. Gamberg and Hagwood, um, they were interviewed and they basically said they kind of think it was the DOJ. It was their fault, not necessarily Plumas County. Okay. They said that, like, at the time, the guys that were working from Plumas County weren't even allowed to do their job because the DOJ came in and there was so much interference. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, I kind of don't think that's true. (laughs) Uh, You know, the timelines that we have, which seem correct, that seems like a consistent timeline Mm -hmm. of when Plumas County arrived to the crime scene and when the DOJ did. Plumas County showed up at like 8 a.m. and the and DOJ didn't come till noon. So they had like four hours that was their crime scene. Mm-hmm. Evidence wasn't collected. It wasn't logged. They didn't bag half of the shit that they should have. It just, I don't know. That's what they blamed it on. But I kind of feel like that's bullshit. Yeah. And I'm maybe wondering if they said that because like they still have connections. To the town. Gamberg mm-hmm. is literally a... Well, he works for Plumas County. Like, he is an investigator with Plumas County. Oh, yeah. You're not going to talk shit about your own department. Uh-huh. Right. So when the DOJ came, mm-hmm. you would think that they would have sent someone from, like, the homicide division because it, it was a f***ing homicide. But instead, they sent Harry Bradley and P.A. Krim, and they were from the division's organized crime unit, not from homicide, hmm. which is fucking weird. Organized crime unit? Like what? Like the mob? Is that... Yes. Or like gangs? Okay. Yeah. Which is weird. weird. Why would they Yeah. Why would they send someone from organized crime to this triple homicide? Yeah. That's not their specialty. <laughs> All right. We will learn, you know, as we go on, but like it's kind of like what did they know or what did they think that they knew that we didn't to send someone from the organized crime unit? Yeah, what about the murders made them think this is a gang? Just keep that little Huh. A little thought in your head. All right. And something else that's kind of weird about this. Um, so Gamberg was a sheriff deputy before he became a, a special investigator. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to work on this case even before 2013 because he had that connection. Mm-hmm. He was friends with Johnny and Dana. And nobody would let him work there. Like nobody would let him take over that case. Weird. And he actually... He claims that they fired him in the middle of him being like, I want to work on this. He claims that they fired him and then brought him back on and then said, okay, you can, you can take this. We what? Which is fucking weird. So there was something going on. I mean, if you follow that storyline, there's something going on with the higher ups where they don't want people associated with this family working on the case. Almost maybe. Mm hmm weird right it's, like it almost seems like well because i mean if it was an actual like botched job and cover up like someone associated with the family or want, who actually want to you know have the interest of the victims in mind they're not gonna like fold as easily as maybe the rest of the cops did right i agree it's almost like they didn't want someone who wanted to see this case solved yeah or would like take it seriously they didn't want working there mm-hmm. just fucking sus yeah <laughs> weird Once Hagwood finally, in 2013, said, come on, come in, I want you to work this case, Gamberg went through the boxes of evidence and said that he was in there for, like, hours. Like, he said, like, 10 hours on his first day going through the box, and he said that it was, like, an absolute chaos. (laughs) Like, most of the files, regards to, like, who logged what, who was interviewed, who did the interviews was missing. Hmm. F***ing weird. Mm -hmm. 
And he thinks that he knows where they are, but he's not saying where that is. So he thinks he knows, like, where the reports of the interview are, like, just in the department? Or, yeah, like, he thinks he knows what happened to them, like, who removed them. Oh, okay. Which, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's just so, it's such a conspiracy in this, like, small town. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was an evidence bag that he said was crucial. That's all he said. I couldn't find what was in that bag. Mm -hmm. But he said it was completely, it wasn't even opened when he got to it. It was sealed like from 81 and it was still sealed to this day. I know. Amber's making the O's. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, he said it was, it wasn't even, it wasn't even open. And I, I, again, I don't know what crucial evidence is to him. I don't know what it was, but he said. Well, and he, yeah, he's. He's going to keep it quiet. Yeah, for the case. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm holy crap uh so that's shitty what like what did this family like why did this family not deserve like justice like what 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 did this family and this community have that was so negative that it was better to just cover stuff up instead of i mean hypothetically if that's what happened than just solve their murder i don't think it was because of them i think it was because of who did this oh okay i think they went above and beyond to save someone huh which is just yeah like you said like this family deserved justice this family deserved to it's just it's insane that still to this day we don't know what the fuck happened oh i'm just like so whoever did it had to be like tied with a cop like they had to be a family member or something i don't what the hell this is crazy and that's not all. <laughs> uh, so he also found a tape that was sealed in a bag and again, mm-hmm. not opened. And he said that it consisted of the 911 call that was made anonymously about Tina. Okay. I'm thinking there was more to the conversation. I heard the audio from that tape. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I heard the call. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's pretty brief. It's pretty vague. But it sounds like maybe there was something else to it because Gamberg said that he was the one to like release that information mm-hmm. that it wasn't released in the 80s like I had originally thought oh. that's what Gamberg is saying oh so I don't know but he feels like suspects were just like completely ignored and he now is working with voice analysts to compare um, voices for some of like the known suspects from that tape because he thinks that the, whoever made that call was involved, which is what we were thinking mm-hmm. last week, too. Mm-hmm. Like, someone had to have been involved to be like, hey, there's this cranium. Like, have you thought of this case yeah. that happened three years ago? You know. Well, and how often, I mean, I'm just imagining, like, our situation in my community. I know police departments will reach out and say, like, we're looking for this person if you have any information. But I don't know how often a police department is like, found cranium if you have any information. Like... Please let us, like, you know what I mean? So, like, is this person, like, watching? Like, how how did they even know that it was found? Like, that's not something that's usually, maybe it was different in in the 80s when they found it. But, like, usually it's not publicized when something is found. Like that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Like, so how does that person even know that it was done? Like, found? I don't know. Weird. I would think maybe they said something, like, that they found remains and then... That's where they left it. Maybe. All I know is that that phone call was so suspicious because they specifically said, you found that girl up at Feather Falls. Like, have you thought about that girl that went missing in Ketty? 
And that was what made it so suspicious because they didn't say it was a girl. Yeah. They just knew it was a cranium. Weird. But I think that's exciting that like he's working with someone. Yeah. Trying to analyze, Mm -hmm. you know, these voices because the 80s feels like so long ago, but it wasn't. I know. So it's just it's good that there's still things that they can do. Mm hmm. To, like, get this ball moving. Yeah, and the evidence is still, like, it's not fresh, but it's still, like, there. And, I mean, comparing, like, a case in the 80s to a case in the 50s, there's less chance of things getting lost or things, like, not surviving time and all that. Like, even if someone is messing with shit, they're clearly not messing with all of it because you you can't just, like, have a full evidence file disappear for a case. That's, you know insane that's fucking suspicious yeah so if you just take things here and there (laughs) you can still have to look into i don't know i just gamberg snaps for you and hagwood because he Mm -hmm. he kind of did this too but it's like this is who we need in law enforcement we need these type of people who are passionate about finding solutions and are going to do it yes i agree snaps (laughs) (laughs) and you talked about you know if anyone ended up finding a hammer so in 2016, three years after the case was reopened, Plumas County received a tip that a hammer was found in a pond that was like really close to Cabin 28. Okay. Like really. And actually Cabin 28 is demolished. They demolished it in 2004. Oh, I think. wow. That's a while though. Yeah. Well, in that, so in the cover art for last week's episode where it was the forest, mm-hmm. that was where Cabin 28 was. That's what's left. Oh, so kind of kind of interesting. Oh, but wow. Look at you with your deep dive. <laughs> and I, that's a little fun fact, too, for those cover arts. Those are usually like locations regarding mm-hmm. the topic of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so they found a hammer and it was near a pond. A man was using like a metal detector and found it. It was so like rusted and deteriorated that there was no DNA. They couldn't like match it to anything. But Gamberg believes that it was like the hammer used. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's sitting in evidence now. I wonder how, if there's no DNA or whatever, minus like matching the the marks, I wonder how he's so sure. I mean, I guess it's just situational. Oh, you wiggled your eyebrows again. Okay. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about theories. Oh, yeah, yeah. And suspects. And we will get to that point at the very end. So I'm going to start with the James Sharp theory, Amber, which was your theory. Oh, yeah. I want to remind everybody. Yeah. Okay. So my guess last week was that dad came over and had a BB gun and made his ex-wife think that it was a real gun. And he brought a friend. And, you know, as someone who recently left the abusive situation or, you know, she probably remembers how to calm him down and maybe she's trying to talk him down and get him to leave the house, all those things, because she was trying to hide from him. And then her son and her son's friend walked in the door and the son probably just flipped shit seeing his dad holding what looked like a gun to his mom and it just kind of snowballed from there. So that was my guess at the end of the episode. So there is a theory on this. Cool. I It was like so good. It was so fun, Amber, watching your like <laughs> thought process. Because if you remember, you started saying something and then you're like, oh, hold on. Now that I'm saying it. Like, yeah. And then, you know what I mean? You like tweaked it. It was just a lot of fun to watch. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, considering how brutally Johnny and Sue were murdered. I mean, Dana was beaten, but he, he was strangled, you know, not necessarily as intimate as, like, beating someone to death yeah. like Johnny and Sue did. 
the idea that there was an emotional connection between the killer and the victims, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It completely makes sense. And because he was an abusive asshole, it like it that thought process is great. So like someone hire Amber and I to like be investigators. Okay. I like I said last week, missed opportunity. <laughs> Amber and I will solve all your cold cases, okay? <laughs> we'll have no way to fully know if it's true, but we will give you good ideas on where to start. <laughs> oh no, we will know it's true because you're gonna give us access to this shit. Oh, yeah. All the secret shit so we can really dive deep. Okay. Yeah. So all police departments in the nation, let us into your evidence (laughs) rooms, please. And thank you. (laughs) You can email us at thegrimmystics at Um, (laughs) gmail.com. But unfortunately, Ambi, James had an alibi. Ah, fuck. You can fake those, though. Yeah. But it sounds like I looked for his alibi. I looked for what it was and I couldn't find it. Oh. But like Gamberg and Hagwood both say that they don't think it was him. So really, and I'm I'm trusting them at this point. <laughs> so fortunate for him, unfortunate for Amber and I and our careers in solving gold cases. Unless he made it up and he's just a really good fucking liar. Mm. <laughs> We're still holding out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sold <laughs> until I know what that alibi is. I'm not sold. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about the hitchhiking theory, which was like Mm -hmm. what the police really worked on. You know, that's what when we left off in the 80s, that's the police were saying whoever gave Dana and Johnny a ride home obviously was to blame for this. Well, but see, I don't since the police have been so like crooked, I don't trust what they're pushing for us to believe. Like, mm -hmm, you're hiding shit. And you shouldn't. Good. You shouldn't believe what they (laughs) were pushing. It's interesting because there's not a lot of information on this theory. Even though it's the one that the police believed, one, like, 100? Ex- that's why it's interesting. Because it's like, so were you just trying yeah. to, like, say something to keep us off the track of what was actually happening? Yeah. So the party that Johnny and Dana were at that night in Quincy was said to have, like, a lot of illegal drugs and some underage drinking. So because of that, the idea that a lot of witnesses didn't want to come forward... Because mm-hmm. they didn't want to be like, oh, yeah, I was, like, snorting coke at this party and then I saw Dana and, you know what I mean? Yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that's why there's not a lot of information because these ki- these kids, whoever was at this party, you know, they were saying that they were – whoever picked them up, I think that's where they got that, that big push for that theory. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them didn't want to come forward because they didn't want to admit that they were there. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. They didn't want to get in trouble for – what they were doing at the party exactly even though like but see police can like negotiate and be like all right if you tell us and come forward we will slate clean we aren't even gonna pursue charges for whatever illegal activity you're doing well and that's how it is now maybe it was different I guess that's in true. the 80s i don't know but yeah i would think that they would just want these murders solved <laughs> but i don't know right so maybe in the 80s they were like cool we're gonna round you up all you coke heads and shove you in jail but you got to talk about i don't this. know and if they were like, doing yeah. coke that was just the first thing that came to mind well <laughs> but that works uh, <laughs> um but what police did what they were told was that there were two mysterious men that were following dana and johnny and could have potentially given them a ride home or and or you know could have followed the boys to the cabin and i think that idea went swimmingly because justin if you remember gave a description of two men and Mm -hmm. some people in town thought that it was it wasn't anybody who was from that town like they were strangers Mm. from based off of those photos so i think that kind of helped push it too. like 
you know, these kids are telling us that there are these mysterious guys being mysterious. And we Mm -hmm. have these. (laughs) Just walking around being mysterious. (laughs) And um, and then we have this drawing from Justin of two men. You know, like, I think that maybe could have pushed it. But for sure, I like to play devil's advocate. But I think I think Plumas County in the 80s and whoever was in charge of this were assholes. Amber and mm-hmm. I trademarked this. This is a perfect segue to bring in our new <laughs> phrase, Amber. Amber and I yes. trademarked this last week, but it got cut out. They are the spray tan on my elbows. And mm-hmm. any bitch who's listening to this, who spray tans, knows, knows what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. They are the spray tan of my elbow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is how we Don't are going like to start that. describing people. Because, you know... <laughs> It's it's frowned upon to say the c word, so we're just gonna make our own. <laughs> yeah. So when I say that you're the spray tan on my elbows, just know that I'm dissing you fucking hard. Yeah, she's telling you to see you next Tuesday. Mm. <laughs> see you never, really. <laughs> Back to it. Uh, and also the idea, these mysterious men, the spray tan on my elbows. I think the idea of like a drug a drug deal gone bad is like a reasonable idea also that would make sense to why they called in like the gang unit or whatever too because Mm -hmm. like stereotypically drug deals are done by certain members of society who might also have a little gaggle of friends who also do the same things and in some vocabulary definitions that is a gang (laughs) right some more elbows in there some more yeah just a lot of elbows maybe some knees you know (laughs) All the good stuff. Oh, you can't, can't in between the fingers. The <laughs> in between the toes is the worst. Yes, because you always forget. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this for us. Okay. Um, <clears throat> We're going to, if you have a spray tan line and would like to sponsor us, we have tons of ways to work that into our podcast. Yeah. Seriously, I'm, I want to be tan. So give me, send me all the spray tans. Yes. Anyway, where were we? Uh, oh, yeah. Drugs. Drugs. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the idea, like you said, it makes sense why they called the crime unit in. That all makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, like, Johnny and Dana were selling, that was a rumor. I don't know if you remember going around town. A lot of people said that they were, like, doing LSD and all this shit, and they were, like, okay. punks. And so that would make sense that, like, mm-hmm. they pissed someone off during a drug deal, mm-hmm. and then they, like, went fucking ham. And to kind of, like, push that theory a little bit more um johnny just a few months prior to the murder had been in trouble because he like supposedly stole weed from this girl apparently he like got off the bus and like went into this girl's house and like took weed and then went back on the bus and and nobody said anything but they were like well you owe me 25 dollars since you took my weed like they weren't mad that like he stole marijuana but they were mad that he didn't pay them back i don't know mm-hmm. so that was something that was going around too hmm. small town bullshit <laughs> So the hitchhiking theory, honestly, if we're saying that the police are doing their due diligence, due diligence, which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think they did, mm-hmm. but if we are saying that they did, it kind of makes sense that maybe that was why that was the biggest working theory. Yeah. Because there was rumors about Johnny and Dana being drug dealers. They were at a party yeah. where they know there were drugs. Yeah. And I mean, we hear about those drug deals gone bad where people are killed mm-hmm. now. Like now that's something that comes up. So I guess maybe we can give that a high five. I, I don't mean, know. it's just because they were shady as hell, like with evidence disappearing and all this other stuff. Like, 
I don't know. Like, if, yeah, right. I, you're right. If they were doing the, if we believe that they did their due diligence and they did their job, it is a plausible outcome. But it's so personal for, mm-hmm. and like, if you're mad at two boys for fucking you over for stealing $25 worth of weed, why are you going to kill their mother? And kidnap their sister. Yeah, kidnap and steal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, just with a little bit of detective work and elbow grease, Gamberg was able to find the person who drove Dana and Johnny home that night. Oh, wow. That's impressive because you said in part one, there were a bunch of people saying they did it. Right. So that's a lot of work. Gamberg said that he found them Mm. and it was a woman. That's all we know. And she was completely dismissed as a suspect. Oh, just like that. Yeah, that's what Gamberg is saying. All right. So another theory that kind of circulates around is the Henry Lee Lucas and the Otis Tool theory. Do you know who those men are, Ambie? I don't think I do. So if you have watched The Confession Killer on Netflix, which it's still on, I double-checked, it talks about Henry Lee Lucas. So Lucas is responsible for three confirmed murders and eight other disputed murders. But he confessed to literally, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of murders. Why have I not heard of this person? Oh, you should. The Confession Killer, It's it was interesting. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, they were pretty shitty. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look at it. I know it's still on because I double-checked when I was mm, okay. finishing up my research. I'll watch it tonight while I make my husband's birthday cake. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I think it's like, I think it's a couple episodes, but it's... Yeah. So Lucas's bestie for the restie was a man named Otis Tool, and Otis had... <laughs> Tool. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Sorry. I'm saying Otis. I No, you're good. I think it's Otis. I said Otis. It's Otis. Otis Tool. <laughs> I like Otis Tool because <laughs> it sounds like Otis Tool. <laughs> These men, the teeth, they were disgusting. Ooh, meth mouth? Disgu- yes. Nasty looking mm. motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> so Tool's body count is confirmed of eight deaths mm. and again, hundreds of confessions. I'm not really going to go into details about them because they're fucking a waste of breath. But... Uh, <laughs> This was before that police realized, like, you can't give these men who were on death row already, you can't give them candy and you can't give them all these privileges and let them go outside because they have nothing to lose and literally everything yeah. to gain. And so that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, they... Well, and it's a mind game. They like f***ing with the cops. Exactly. Like, it, it, they just want to... They're probably narcissistic. Narcissistic. Oh, that's hard to say. Congested. Nar- no, I, <laughs> I can say it and I'm not congested. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they probably want to, you know, seem like they're the smartest one in the room and they're going to fuck with the cops when, yep. until their last breath. It doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, they were losers. Um, so Lucas's crime spanned from, from 1960 to 1983. And tools were from 1961 to 1983. And both of these guys confessed to the Kitty murders. However, most of their killings were in the southeast part of the country. And they had, like, no connections Mm. to California. The family didn't really fit their MO, so they were ruled out. Okay. And because we know that they falsely confessed to all these murders, it was kind of like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Well, isn't that, like, for the cops, too, like they're you know they're like oh my god can we close all these cold cases and then you're realizing like no you're just being with us well i think that's what i think they were so excited yeah sorry to close all of these cases yeah yeah and they were just like okay perfect like you're gonna feed me this why would you confess but it's like it's because they're are they're already gonna die yeah both of them were killed in incarceration so it's like they have literally nothing to lose you're just prolonging their life and prolonging their gifts and their treats yeah 
So there's that. Mm. Um, another theory is Robert Silveria, um, who was labeled the boxcar murderer. Oh, I think I've heard of that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So he, I've heard the boxcar killer, the bo- boxcar murderer. I don't know. But mm-hmm. he was another serial killer who was roaming around in the 80s in California. What a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like all the hitchhiking and the murders, it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm really glad I was born when I was born. The 70s and the 80s was like Prime. a serial killer's dream, like wet dream. They mm. were all over the place. And I mean, this was before DNA, so they could just run fucking, you know, wreak havoc, basically. Silveria, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's a murderer. Like, we don't have to really say it right. Fuck face. Right. And I'm not going to call him by his cool his no. cool murder name because like that we, we need to give them like small dick gonorrhea you know asshole like seriously like the media shouldn't give them like a title it should it should literally be like yeah tiny dick rick and his fucking (laughs) i don't know yes mole infested penis i don't know (laughs) so small dick rick just kidding uh So he was responsible, the boxcar killer, was responsible for at least 14 murders. And he would ride the train and then, like, murder people that he came across. In 1996, he admitted to the Ketty murders. Of course he did. He was living in Plumas County during the 80s, so I'm sure that's why he, like, picked them. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, it didn't take a genius. He was in prison. Or, he, yeah, he was in custody uh, in April 1981 for Grand Theft Auto. So, oh, like, okay. Yeah. I, I'm telekinetic, and I controlled the hammer from my jail cell right. and killed them. I was actually in two places at once. I was meditating, and... <laughs> I yeah, split exactly. into two. <laughs> yeah, so goodbye, loser. Like, good try. Thanks, but no thanks. And so, like, I mean, he admitted to a lot of other murders that of they course. know that he didn't commit, but he wasn't as bad as, like, the fucking psycho twins, Tool and Lucas, who, like, you know, confessed to hundreds. Yeah. So, fuck them. We're going to get to my favorite theory. This isn't necessarily the theory that I believe, but it is a theory that's fucking insane. Okay. We're going to talk about the Sheila Sharp theory. Okay. So, Ketty 28 is run by a person named DMAC. And DMAC is so inve- invested in this case that, like, Gamberg has, like, met DMAC and they have shared oh wow ideas and shared evidence and shared like all this stuff like gamberg acknowledges dmac as a actual investigator for this case mm-hmm. like internet sleuth goals honestly yeah for sure just be at your house and obsessing over a case and then an actual investigator is like no you bring so much to it it's like that don't fuck with cats show on netflix yeah like mm-hmm. literal goals so Gamberg has said, like, they don't share the same opinions in regards to who's responsible, but he acknowledges the work that DMAC has done. And, like, he just appreciates that they have made an effort to find a solution, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So all over Ketty 28, there are photos and forums and ideas that, like, Sheila Sharp, the, the daughter, mm-hmm. has a connection to these murders. And I'm like, oh fuck yeah <laughs> like i mean that, she was I mean, mad wasn't her mom like kicking her out of the house or or yeah, forcing she was her pregnant. to put her kid up for adoption yeah uh-huh mm. and i think i do think i remember hearing that on my favorite murder every podcast under the yeah. sun has done an episode on this and i think they did it but i was on dialysis so i don't remember <laughs> um 
but when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember hearing that, you know, somewhere in the back of my head. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, this is so juicy. And this is why I literally wanted two parts for this episode. Yeah. Okay. Because you know I was about to dive freaking deep into this, like, hole that Sheila was responsible. However, oh. DMAC, <laughs> who runs Ketty28, um, or who, or whoever runs their forums, wouldn't accept me into the forum. <gasps> Rude, DMAC. Or whoever that is. Yeah, I can't read anything. And I submitted my application before last week. And I just found out today's Saturday. I found out yesterday that I was denied. I was like, you... Why? Um, It asked me why I wanted to be in it. And I said, because I'm a podcast host and I want... I'm trying to find, you know, look at all the avenues. And I don't think they liked that. And so I think they kicked me off. Oh. Well, I mean, it asked me, like, why I wanted to be in here. What was I supposed to say? Like... So I can read? Because I want to solve the murder. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But so they denied me. Weird. And so I can't read. I'll try. I'll try. We'll do a different answer. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. brainstorm an answer together and we'll see if it, I can get in. You'll have to use your email because I use the Grim Mystics email. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll brainstorm a better answer for that if they don't enjoy podcast hosts, which is like a bummer. Granted, we don't have a big following, but some podcasters have big followings and like they could reach a lot of people. Even though this case is pretty popular, like you could still reach that one person who figures something out. Well, and I think maybe because it said like, don't come in here with your theories. Like we already have theories yeah, and yeah. that's what we're talking about. So I don't, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I just wanted to read. I just wanted to lurk. Want <laughs> Maybe to that's the answer. It. I just want to read and look. I'm not really going to add much to the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so don't worry. I won't bring any <laughs> theories. <laughs> yeah. So they denied me. So I couldn't read any of the forums. Wow. Fuck of. Fuck of DMAC. <laughs> but they, and they have moved everything to the forums. So like even on the website, I couldn't, I couldn't read anything in regards to Sheila. Weird. Even though literally the front cover, like when you log onto that website, there's like a slideshow of photos mm -hmm. and I would say five out of 10 are in regards to Sheila Sharp being responsible, huh. but they wouldn't let me in to see. <laughs> so oh. fuck off. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I can't talk about, like, I wanted to talk about this one the most because that's so interesting. Yeah. That she like totally killed her family i don't know yeah but i i can't i can't talk about it i looked on reddit i looked everywhere uh -huh. and i just couldn't find anything but what i did find oh something kind of interesting when i was on reddit so i was searching sheila sharp Ketty. i mean i was doing everything and something that came up was this guy who has a youtube channel and he was interviewing a sheila sharp spelled s-h-a-r-p-e mm -hmm. and they spell it s-h-a-r-p but he was interviewing a Sheila Sharp who was from California. Oh. And she was being interviewed because her son was missing. <gasps> what? Isn't that weird? Like, I don't know. I don't know if this was the same Sheila. Like, I'm not. I have no idea. We're going down the Nora Bell rabbit hole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm -hmm. At least not this. Like, the same name, the same last name. You just added an E. They're both from California. I <laughs> mysterious case around her family dying and then all of yeah. a sudden this son so okay let's follow that trail for a minute so she is so just frustrated 
let's assume, mm-hmm. with her family, right? She's so frustrated. You know, she's pregnant. Her mom's going to force her to put the baby up for adoption. She probably doesn't feel heard in her wants, needs, desires. Like, I could only imagine how hard it would be to grow a human and come to that decision, whether it's something you choose for yourself or someone is trying to force on you. Like, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Right. But, so you're so tore up about this, maybe. I'm making this up. But you're so tore up about it. And you kill your family because you're just so pissed. And then your kid goes missing? Like, if it's the same person? Like, what's the point? Or what is that called? Munchausen's? Yeah. Maybe she has something like that where, like, she has to, like, be... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if this was the same Sheila, but that's... It's weird, weird, yeah, that two Sheila Sharps have had family issues and they're in California. The Munchausen's by proxy, it's usually like someone's sick, though. Like, that is a very specific thing. Right, they make them sick. Mm -hmm, Yeah. But I mean, I mean, a victim either way, they could, I mean, if he's missing, it could be a balloon boy incident or whatever. Right. Where she claims he's missing and maybe he's not. I don't know. I, to be honest, I like, I stopped it. I didn't look into anything further about heard this about this man who was missing Mm -hmm. because once i established that i just couldn't determine if it was sheila i mean i was looking on you know those websites that like have like uh previous addresses Mm -hmm. i was trying to and i found the sheila sharp that was being interviewed Mm -hmm. and i was trying to see if she had ketty listed on her addresses Mm -hmm. but it wanted me to pay for it (laughs) and i was like until shave my balls sends me my check i'm not going to not gonna pay for it. well they're not gonna pay so, for it because they're called smooth my balls not shave my balls <laughs> sponsor us <laughs> well get your name wrong <laughs> no i'll get it right if you sponsor me <laughs> there's probably a company called shave my balls too let's be honest <laughs> i'll create it um so yeah so that's that's Weird. where sheila is Okay. Fucking weird. So what you're saying is we got to find a way to crack into that forum and then we'll do an update. We have to. I have to be in that because I'm not kidding. There were like the most recent article was written in March of this year. Oh. And it was literally titled Sheila Sharp murdered her family. And I was like, I want that one. I'm like, I mean, I'm like clicking the. (laughs) What's it called? It's keddy28.com. Okay, DMAC, if you're listening to this, like, fucking add me, okay? Oh, yeah, no, the thing popped up and it says, why did Sheila Sharp help in the slaughter of her family? Yes. How are you going to post something like that? And then, and then not let me read it. See. Yeah. D-Mac. Okay, I'll try to add. Yeah, yeah, I'll try to add myself too. Huh. Sorry, this is very interesting. I don't think I've ever been to a, like, a forum about a murder. Oh, they're fun. I'm like an unsolved. I'm impressed with the internet sleuths. I feel like I, like, it's fun to, like, think and all that, but, like, it's too much time. <laughs> the last theory <laughs> that we're going to talk about, we took a little last side break. I probably got cut out. So if, if we're jumping around, that's why. <laughs> so I believe this theory. Oh, so this is the one that is yours. Yeah, this is my theory. Okay. Fuck. I should have looked up how to pronounce this. It's okay. Fuck me. Okay, so we're looking at Martin Smart. And uh, John Bo, <sighs> I think I want to say it's like boobity, but I know it's not boobity. <laughs> boobity. <laughs> I was not expecting that word. Well, it's spelled B O U B E D E. Boobity. 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 I think it is boobity because he goes by Bo. Oh, okay. 
So Mar- I'm going to call him Martin or Marty. He goes by both and Bo. Bo. This it. is the, this theory. Okay. So even in 1981, there were main suspects mm-hmm. to this case. Um, and Martin and Bo were two of them. Mar- so Martin was Justin's stepfather who lived in cabin 26. Justin yeah. was the mm-hmm. boy that was spending the night. The boy that spent the night mm-hmm. with the dreams. Mm-hmm. His wife, Marilyn, was pretty close friends to Sue. And obviously Justin was friends with Ricky and Greg. Mm-hmm. So Martin met Bo at the VA hospital, like just a few months before the murders. And Bo was living with the smarts temporarily while he got back on his feet, mm. you know, temporarily. Mm-hmm. Both of them suffered from severe PTSD from serving in Vietnam. Mm. And that's why they were at the VA was for a treatment okay. for PTSD. Both Martin and Bo had criminal records. I really struggled finding Mar- Martin's crimes. Um, but it kind of sounds like he was one of the ringleaders for the drug problem in Ketty. Like, even Gamberg has said that he knew that he was in on it. Because Gamberg grew up in Ketty. Mm-hmm. So he knows all these people. Yeah. And he even said that Martin was a part of this drug deal. And so I'm thinking maybe that's what his criminal history had to do with. Mm-hmm. Marilyn also said that he had, like, abused her on multiple occasions. So it could have been like a domestic violence type thing i just don't know for sure i looked and i just couldn't find concrete of what his record was Bo, on the other hand had a very extensive history and he was well known by police which we, we love those guys mm-hmm. so he was charged with robbery home invasion convictions as well as having connections to the chicago outfit mafia <gasps> that's why the crime you organized crime unit was pulled in Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. So, like, here's me speculating. Okay. Remember, I said I'm going to speculate in this case. Uh, so, like, yeah, organized crime unit. Why would they come in? Yeah. <gasps> but if there's someone who was had connections to an organized crime. Yeah. And it's all below the iceberg. The cops aren't going to say everything that they're thinking. So, they're just going to co- pull in the unit that they need to. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Like, I. I I, Bo is just a suspect. Like they haven't mm-hmm. said that he's the main suspect. Yeah, he's police just that person. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't believe in coincidences. So, so he's got a criminal background, right? Is that what you said? Yes. And he's associated with a crime with the mafia. Mm-hmm. With the with the mafia. So I, but I wonder, like, how? <laughs> how did they? If it is them, how did they pick to do this? Like, did they just go? Were they having a PTSD moment and they were... Oh, like how did they pick the sharps? Yeah. I got you. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. That that, I, that was just a little background on okay, the fact okay. that they were both known to police mm. because of records. Okay. Rumor on the street, gather round kids. And I mean, it, like it honestly really wasn't a rumor because Marilyn confirmed this, but... um. Marilyn and Martin were having some issues at home. Okay. So Marilyn said that Marty was like super abusive and she actually had said that he tried to run her and like one of her sons over with a car. Nope. And when that happened, Marilyn said that that was the first time that she tried to leave Marty, but he threatened her at knife point. So she's like, okay, I'll stay, I'll stay. Mm, And someone liked to use knives in a different murder. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Um, and Gamberg 
kind of thinks that that's how Sue and Marilyn became such good friends was because Sue had literally just left her abusive asshole husband. Mm. So, oh yeah. The idea that like Marilyn was going to Sue to be like, how do I do this? Can you help me? You know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And like I said, Gamberg grew up in Keddie and he said that he knew Martin very well and mm-hmm. said that Marty, like he cheated on Marilyn all the time with like multiple women, including Sue. Sue was on that list. Oh, serious? I'm, again, we're going to be dropping a lot of names here. So if there's, and I have been like so invested in this case for the last two weeks. So if, <laughs> if I'm confusing or if I need to remind you who's who. Yeah. So the rumor was that maybe Martin and Sue were having an affair on their own. I don't know if I believe that because if she's such good buddies with his wife that's being abused and she just left an abusive relationship, I feel like she wouldn't put up with shit if he was abusive. I don't necessarily believe that she, she would willingly be with someone who was cheating on her friend. That's not, I agree. Yeah. Um, and wouldn't be with someone willingly if they were, if she already knew they were abusive. She already ditched that. She's not going to do it again. But uh. one of the like biggest rumors, <laughs> <laughs> always a but, um, and this is in Gamberg and both Hagwood think this was true, that there was a little love triangle <gasps> that all three of them were like, oh, a thruple. Is that what it's called? A thruple? Thruple? I don't know. That's what we're <laughs> going to call it tonight. A thruple. So yeah, both Gamberg and Hagwood think that that's what was going on. Someone got a little jelly and, you know, there goes that. Which would make sense if like Marilyn was in on the on the murder because Sue was just like beaten yeah. to death. I mean, mm-hmm. you're pissed. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. So our friend DMAC not my friend who won't include me in his group the friend friend. that we will trick into letting us in the group story of my life though like i wanted to be a part of a crowd and it was just me and amber no one no one wanted us in their group so we just had to trick people into being in their group um so dmac again who is like in cahoots with gamberg he doesn't think that marilyn and sue were friends at all like at all he thinks Um, and he doesn't think that there was a love triangle, but he, he does think that Sue and Marty were doing their own thing and that pissed Marilyn right the fuck off. And she was like, fuck you. He calls her like a lunatic all the time on that website. He calls Marilyn a lunatic and he doesn't believe like anything she says, basically. Mm, Okay. And DMAC knows a lot more than we do, apparently. I don't know. (laughs) I wouldn't know. We're starting to dislike DMAC. DMAC. <laughs> he's, he's on the list. <laughs> it's a very short list. DMAC could be a female too. I don't know. But I, they're, I know on, not... they're on the list. Yeah, they. Yeah, there we go. They. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so last week I said that I wouldn't name names in regards to the rumors about Tina mm-hmm. being molested by a grown adult. But like Martin was first on that list. Oh, so maybe it wasn't even Sue. Like maybe Marilyn got pissed because her husband knocked up a twelve-year-old and wanted to take it out on you know. It's never it's never the man's fault. Sometimes with those mindsets, right. it's it's the woman's fault. And in this case, you know, statutory rape is not the the adult man's fault. It is clearly the twelve-year-old child's fault. fault. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we know that they kind of that whole town kind of like thought that because yeah. nobody liked her backwards man yeah it's bullshit okay so um and since we don't know Mm -hmm. what happened to tina when she was taken 
We don't know why she was taken or how long she was taken. I mean, if Martin truly was having an inappropriate relationship with Tina and she was potentially pregnant, I can kind of understand why she was taken. Yeah. It's the whole premise of um, Girl on a Train or whatever that movie is. Oh, I'm, I've never watched that, but I know about it. What mm-hmm. is that? Girl, I know I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So, like, that's the premise is, like, you're, you step out on your wife, get your mistress knocked up, and then just want to get rid of the problem. There's no, like, I hope in this situation no. because Tina was, like, taken advantage of. But, like, yeah, I f***ing hope that she wasn't taken to be, like, a sex slave. Yeah. No. I, like, yeah. in these situations, it's hopeful that it's a quick, as painless as possible yeah. situation versus anything else. Yeah. I mean, Sue was beaten so brutally and if, like, he's mad, you know, because Marilyn's mad or, like, he's mad because she's trying to keep tina away from him like who knows yeah the emotional aspect makes sense mm-hmm. that it was like premeditated yeah it was like a it was a plan yeah you yeah you're gonna keep this tiny human away from me that i would like to keep being inappropriate with right and even gambrick said like this was planned like there's no way that this wasn't like thought out or planned mm-hmm. all are reasonable theories yeah as to why martin could have been could have done this Mm-hmm. And then was Bo his, like, crazy friend who just, like, Whale. tagged... Oh, I'm, look at me jumping ahead. <laughs> I'm not even really... Like, I'm looking at my notes, but not really. Um, <laughs> That's how researched she is, folks. She doesn't even need her notes. She's just memorized all the information. <laughs> I'm trying to decide. I'm just, We'll just talk about Bo. Okay, so okay. Bo. The other thing that I think for me kind of seals the deal that it was Martin and maybe even Marilyn was involved was the fact that Justin, his yes. stepson, yes. was left alive <gasps> in the room completely oh. unharmed. Yeah, and how are you going to go in and kill the two youngest when your son is in there? In the room. Yeah. So, like, they were probably spared just because Justin was over there. And I kind of have an idea okay. behind that, too. So, yeah, that, I mean, that just kind of, like, makes sense to me why. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you remember part one, I said... Because you were like, why would they leave Justin alone? Like, why would they leave them alone? And I said, the person that I think is responsible, it makes perfect sense. Because he's not going to go kill his stepson. No. Or if Marilyn was involved, she's not going to go kill Kill her her son. son. No. You know. Just someone else's kid. Mm -hmm. Right. It just makes sense. So let's bring Bo in. Okay. 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 Obviously, after the murders, like the smarts and Bo were interviewed. The cabin where they lived was like next door. It wasn't very far away. So they would have an idea of, like, what happened. They should have had an idea. Mm-hmm. Again, talking about Sheila, it pisses me off that she said that she didn't hear anything when her cabin was where she was staying was mm-hmm. right next door. Yeah. The idea that maybe Sheila wasn't on it? Maybe. I mean, it could have been, been a whole plot. Like, if Sheila's the, yeah, if Sheila's the least hated out of all the family members, like, maybe... Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could. It could have been a whole. It could have been a whole fucking neighborhood plan. Like, who fucking knows? Yeah. Oh. Right. So when they were interviewed, this is what we got from them. Okay. So the night of the murder, the eleventh, uh, Martin, Bo, and Marilyn had decided that they wanted to go to the only bar in town, which was the back door, Getty's back door. <laughs> oh yeah. Like <laughs> Still makes me laugh. <laughs> so inappropriate. <laughs> Marilyn says that they stopped by cabin 28 because Martin and Bo really wanted Sue to go with them to the bar. Hmm. Uh, if you remember, everybody kind of thought that 
Sue is like easy. They talked about her dating life a lot. Mm-hmm. They talked about how she would like have all these boyfriends. So I can see them being like me, you know, Marty and Marilyn will go together and you and Sue can go together. Speculation because this is what I think mm-hmm. is going on. Imagine what that did to his ego. Mm-hmm. You know, we when know she that- rejected him. Yeah. Yeah, because she's easy, right? Like, she gets with all these other men, but she won't get with Bo. Yeah. So that's just in the back of my head this whole time. So Sue says, no, like, I have kids. Like, I have your f***ing kid. No, I'm not going to go to the bar. Uh, (laughs) I'm babysitting so you can go. (laughs) Right. I know. It's. I thought about that, too. Like, uh, she's watching your kid, and you're going to be like, come get drunk with us at the bar. I don't know. We don't need a babysitter. (laughs) Which also worries me about, like, what that how those kids behaved on their own without this. Um, Okay, so Marilyn said that they got to the back door and uh, Bo didn't like the music that they were playing. They were playing country and he's like, I don't f***ing want country. And like threw this huge fit and tried to get into a fight with a bartender and they were like, just f***ing leave. Like if we're not going to change the music, like this is stupid, just go. So they said that around 930 they walked back to their cabin and walked past 28. Mm-hmm. Marilyn said that they got back to the cabin. So they left at 930. And Marilyn said that at 10, Martin and Bo were like, well, we're going to go back to the back door. We're going to go back to the bar and left. And Marilyn stayed and went to sleep. Initially, Marilyn said that she had slept through the whole night. And when she woke up, Martin was in bed and Bo was on the couch and everything was normal. <laughs> um and she said that the only thing that was out of out of the normal was that Bo's jacket, which was usually hung by the door, wasn't by the door. Hmm. But she said other than that, everything was completely normal. Yeah. Since then, Marilyn has changed her statement and said that she woke up at about 2 a.m. that evening and saw Martin and Bo burning something in the wood-burning stove that night. When Martin was interviewed, he said that he saw some quote-unquote hippie-type-looking dudes that he felt were suspicious at the bar. And he said they were looking weird, And but he, he described them as hippies. Huh. And he said, everything else was completely normal. You know, I walked by cabin 28. I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. And then he goes, but my hammer that was in my shed is missing. <gasps> this fucker. This fucker is trying to put it on some pretend. It's like the, it's like, uh, what's the f- Yanny the nanny or what the fuck ever like oh zanny for casey anthony zanny yes thank you so it's like zanny the nanny where literally like oh there were these weird hippie dudes that i could have made up in my head and oh my god my hammer is missing how weird oh my even though god. the hammer and a hammer was used to murder these people hmm. convenient oh this yep yep this is better than the dad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on this side now so when Bo was interviewed he was interviewed with martin and I'm not, I couldn't f- figure out if that was like, if it was like that Sunday morning and they were outside and they were interviewed or if they were brought in mm-hmm. and interviewed. Like I couldn't, I couldn't determine where this interview was. I know they were together, hmm. which is f***ing weird and yeah. sus. <laughs> Something to remember, Martin had really close connections with the sheriff at that time. And he was friends with a lot of the deputies in Plumas County. Even though he had his brushes with the law, like they were still like, you're cool, bro. Yeah. And if you remember, I said, when you asked, you know, what did this family do? And I think it's who did it that they were trying to save. I think they were trying to save Martin and Bo, essentially. Which is 
ran okay i mean it's random because they've had brushes with the law the police are aware of them so what they're just like cool criminals where the cops are like oh cool they're back in jail like hanging out with us what the fuck ever well i think plumas county was trying to save marty i think he was good friends with them they all grew up as a small town okay and i think they were trying like good old boys you know Mm. trying to save their own he lost his shit this one time like it's it it's not his fault we need to you know he's a good man who shouldn't go down for this because of one mistake well and they didn't like the sharps anyway (laughs) that's true i I guess yeah if you balance out who you like versus who you don't like if the sharps were on the lower end of the police's totem pole then marty's higher exactly and then as far as Bo's connections with the mafia, it was like really deep. And I couldn't figure out how deep, but they, it, D-Mac, Gamberg, they said it was deep. Mm. And in the 80s, I know the mafia kind of worked with law enforcement, or not worked mm-hmm. with, but like blackmailed, essentially. Yeah. Uh, got Or got people on the inside to be rats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Was the DOJ involved to protect Bo? Like, was there that, like, mm. background that... I don't know. So, it's just all fucking sus. Okay. Hmm. And the worst part about all of this is that both Bo and Martin left Keddie, like, the next day. They left. <laughs> they just left. <laughs> and if you remember, DMAC, who runs 28, was saying that when the DOJ was doing their... <gasps> the aerial view. <gasps> they saw people leaving. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So Bo and Marty both went to Oregon together to look for employment. And Marilyn said that, like, as soon as he left, she went ahead and went further with filing for divorce from him. While he was in Oregon, Martin wrote Marilyn a letter that had, like, a bunch of bullshit because she was like, I'm leaving you. Like, we are getting divorced. And so it was like, don't leave me. I love you, blah, blah, blah. But at the very end of this letter... It said, and this is a quote, I've paid the price of your love. And now that I've bought it with four people's lives, you tell me we are through. Great. What else do you want? Oh, I have an idea, but I'll hold it. I'll wait. I'll wait. No, 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 no. What if Marty and Bo are covering for her? Yeah. Yeah. What if she, like, whether she asked them to do it or she, I mean, it's very brutal, but if she was a part of it and did it. It's just like the in Chicago case where she's trying to get her husband to do the go for the fall because men are, you know, treated better by male police officers than women are. So what if it's another situation where she came up with a plan or something and she was pissed because Marty got uh, Tina knocked up and they just she wanted to just be done with this family and she's a lunatic and all this stuff. So what if like she was the mastermind and they were just the muscle i can totally see yeah and then yeah and then he's taking you know him and Bo are kind of getting the heat and getting focused on and then he's like finally like what the fuck i killed these people to prove to you that i wanted to be your husband and i loved you and i killed my you know child bride and her and her baby and all of this shit and then you're still gonna divorce right. me oh oh they all did it they all fucking did it I, I do think that Marilyn was involved because yeah the whole changing her story first saying, oh, yeah, I slept through the night. Like, I didn't see anything. And then afterwards being like, oh, no, they woke they woke me up at 2 a.m. because they were burning something in the yeah. fire. Like, bitch, yeah. no, it's fucking, no. Yeah, that sounds like a bitch who's trying to cover her tracks and exactly. remove herself even further and send the two people who she probably talked into it further down the river. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Mm, yep. What jagweeds. 
to even just drive this thought home. Okay. Martin, because remember, Martin had like severe PTSD. He was had a lot of issues and he saw a therapist regularly. Supposedly, I'm going to say supposedly because I couldn't find shit <laughs> like backing this up. Okay. Supposedly, Martin told his therapist that he killed Sue and Tina, but he didn't kill the boys. He like he told his therapist supposedly that he murdered the girls, but not the boys. Okay. I don't. I couldn't find out who this therapist was. I couldn't find out where this therapist was. I couldn't find out if they did anything with it. They should have reported him. Yeah, that's that's where your your doctor confidentiality right. is totally null and void if someone admits to murder. Right. I went to school to be a therapist. If you find out that they're hurting themselves or others, you have to you have to report yeah. that. So I don't know if that's true. I don't. But that's everywhere. Hmm. Martin confessed to these murders. Well, confessed. It's weird that there's no proof. Like, there's so much proof and everything. And, like, there's a detective, like, openly talking about the case and all this stuff. And it's weird that there's, like, not even, like, a breadcrumb yeah. trail for that. Other than, you know, he said, she said. Or if there is and it's just covered because it's active. Mm. And I, I mean, I, DMAC won't even accept me. So Gamberg's not going <laughs> to share this shit with me. So, you know, it, it could be that too. I don't know. Marilyn also, take take it what you will, has said that Martin like hated Johnny, like fucking despised him. And I don't really understand why a full grown man would like hate a 15 year old. But yeah, that's ridiculous. But <laughs> if the drug rumors are true gamberg said that martin was in the drug scene and that martin was a part of selling and moving and distributing and if johnny was also moving and distributing i can understand where that beef would come in competition right like Mm -hmm. martin doesn't want johnny coming in and taking all this shit yeah or to like i mean i i don't know with the mob that Bo was part of but most of the time the mob is involved in illegal substances so maybe that's something too maybe maybe it was even bigger like he's encroaching on like mafia mob times area mm-hmm. he'd have to be moving a lot though to make the mafia upset i would assume maybe not maybe they just wanted to, they want to smush out everybody well it sounds like there was a big drug problem in Kitty, but it it sounds like martin didn't necessarily get involved until Bo came into his life and Bo's part of the mafia, so mm, so he got influenced. All right. And Martin didn't have a job at the time. He worked at the back door, actually, as a chef, but they like <laughs> fired him because they said his cooking sucked. So his <laughs> his full income was selling drugs. Okay. So I can see him being pissed that this 15-year-old comes in and takes his turf. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't But he said he didn't kill the boys. I don't know. Well, but that could be Bo. That could be Bo. Like, yeah, you kill the women. So Bo goes to whoever in the mafia and is like, well, we're already we already have this hit on these two. Let me do this. Like if they you know, if we can, let me stumble upon these guys as well. And then we we do something for Marty and his wife. And we also help the mafia out as as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are all plausible. Do you know like what like we keep saying mob and mafia? Do you know like what like family? I don't know family. I just have, um, these weren't 17 pages. These were only 15 pages, but I'm still trying to find it. Um, wow, you cut it down. <laughs> it just says the Chicago Outfit Mafia. Okay. Well, so that that's I, Chicago Outfit. So that could be um, Italian, Irish. Those were two really big ones um, in the area. He looked Irish. 
he looked irish so i know um yeah, the schnoz the schnoz okay um <laughs> i mean italians have schnozes too mine is also pretty aggressive <laughs> but have you seen the, the good old irish nose it's like uh, yeah see i guess that the italians are more sloped and pointy hey you guys have great noses but um <laughs> back to the mob but what i think and the reason i am rounding about so um there are some things about my family that their secrets <laughs> um yeah and i've done some research on mobs and mafia and it's just been something that is very interesting to me so i don't know a lot about the irish mob but i know um based on research and um the italian mob wouldn't go after females very often i don't know about the irish mob but i know the italian mob like you know it's very it was a boys club it was very gentleman yeah so I don't know about the Irish mob, but it, so it's interesting because if we're following this line of, you know, the boys were doing uh, pushing drugs and making the mob mad or either way, the mob just probably wanted to stomp out. Even if it's small competition, they probably just were like, nope, we need to make a, an example of these boys and they don't they don't f-ing sell in our town. It's interesting then that Tina and her mom got murdered as well, because at least in the Italian mob, it's very much like, nope, we we don't bring families into it. You know, we let families be blah, 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 blah. Oh, maybe that was Marty. Yeah. So then it, well, and so then it makes you think maybe Marty wasn't a part of, like, he wasn't in the mob like Bo was. And maybe it just all kind of collided together. Maybe Bo knew about this plan for this hit on the boys. And Marty's like, well, let's fuck two, two birds, one stone, unfortunately. And then his wife probably is getting in on it and kind of maybe pushing him to go after the girls. So it's just kind of interesting because it's like almost two separate MOs colliding together into one unfortunate family murder. That's why this case is so fucking crazy. It's so interesting. Oh, I have to. We have to get accepted. I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to think of a good reason to be on this podcast or on this and never talk about being on a podcast. Because I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, I researched this. Well, yeah, I thought that was going to work in my favor, Janet. Yeah. Mm. And it's funny, like, I don't know much about the mafia or the mob or, you know what I mean? So, like, that didn't even occur to me. What I think happened is essentially the same as what you think happened, but, like, for different reasons. So it's just kind of interesting because that's okay. not in my wheelhouse. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But we'll I'll get to that in a minute. Um so blah 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 blah. okay so through the 80s marty goes from state to state working various jobs and is like sending letters to maryland and there's another woman that comes forward that says that she got letters from him who lives in ketty and it's because he's everyone i bet maryland loved that (laughs) (laughs) so like Bo basically like falls off the face of the earth like we can't find him anywhere that's because those mafia ties run deep. They got him a new passport and a new identity. <laughs> but in... Or the mafia of... took care of him because they were mad about the murders. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, you're giving so, me the one minute. <laughs> in 1981, in August of 1981, so just a few months after the murder, Marty sent Marilyn and this other woman a postcard saying that Bo was dead <gasps> and left it at that. Which, if they were pissed at him because the women got murdered... Yeah, maybe it wasn't... Amber, we just fucking solved this shit. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't an approved mafia hit and he went rogue and it pissed off the boss. We just solved this shit. We did. Oh, we're geniuses. Every report that I found said that Bo died in 1988. I I couldn't find out how he died, where he died, why he died. That's just the date that I found. 
Hmm. So maybe he was maybe the the his lead or his boss uh, let him know that he was in the wrong, and then Bo probably tried to drop off the face of the earth and disappear, and then maybe they they ended up finding him. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> um, and then uh, Martin died in 2000 of cancer while in Oregon. Um, so Good. they're both dead. I hope it was dick cancer. I did hear something. It was about AIDS, actually. It's funny you said that. <laughs> but that's what DMAC said, and DMAC doesn't like him, so DMAC. I don't know. If I, can't, I don't know if I can trust DMAC. DMAC. I know. <laughs> We're just real salty about not being added. I'm so salty. <laughs> All we want to do is creep, too. Like, we don't even want to participate. Like, I don't think we need, like, our thoughts don't need to be put, you know, I mean, they're putting out there now with the podcast, but our thoughts don't need to be put into. And Amber, you just solved it with your knowledge of the mafia. So. What up? They need us. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So you will remember that there was DNA that was found at the the scene and it was a piece of tape Mm -hmm. and it was a trace amount of DNA. Surprisingly. It wasn't thrown away. <laughs> like, surprisingly, they still have access to it. Huh. And um, Gamberg has been saying that he's just been sitting on this DNA mm-hmm. since 2013, waiting. In 2018, that DNA was matched to a known living suspect. <gasps> oh, I just got goose pimples. And uh, so both Gamberg and Hagwood think that there were at least six people involved. That's all they said. Just six. Six? Mm-hmm. Whoa. They said not necessarily like in the cabin that evening, but at least six people knew about it, planned it, were accessories after the fact, whatever. So there's three, then the oldest daughters, four, maybe their kids. Well, I don't think Justin was in on it because... No, 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 no. I'm thinking because didn't um, Sheila spend the night with some, some of her friends? At the Seabolts? Yeah, so that's who I'm thinking. The Seabolts, I saw something on the forum about... The Seabolts and Sheila. But again, I can't fucking read it, so. <laughs> I'm going to live the rest of my life knowing that DMAC denied me. They're on a list with Leslie. Leslie's got a short list. There aren't a lot of people on it. But when it's you're short. on it, it's she really does not short. like you for life. <laughs> you're the, f- the spray tan on my elbow. Um, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the six they think is whoever made that anonymous tip about the cranium being Tina. Yeah. They think that's one of the six. And they think that Martin is involved because you'll recall that he lost a hammer. Hmm. You know, crazy. Yes. And he, he conveniently said that. So that hammer that was found in a pond in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And w- when I said they think that that's the hammer and you're like, why? How do they think it matched the description that Martin gave of his <laughs> hammer? That was He's such a fucking idiot. <laughs> cool. So, uh, conclusions. Here we go. So, both Gamberg and Hagwood are, like, really passionate about getting this resolution. They just want it resolved. They said not only so that they can solve the quadruple homicide, but because Ketty itself is haunted and is, mm-hmm. like, forever ruined mm-hmm. because of these murders. And, you know, they, they're like, we want to bring it back to its glory. And I even read somewhere... FBI boyfriend came in clutch this week that before they demolished the cabin, Uh people said that that cabin was haunted as fuck. And they would hear screams and people saying help and like banging on the windows and all sorts of shit. Well, yeah, if I was them, I would hunt the fuck out of that shit. 
I like, would hunt the fuck out of them, whoever killed yeah. me. Oh, yeah, and, that. But I would definitely, yeah, I would hunt the fuck. Like, if I ever get murdered or anything like that, I'm going to, like, fuck some people up. So here's what I think. Okay. I think that Martin and Bo went to Cabin 28 with the intention to kill Sue. I think Sue and Tina were their intended targets. Okay. Because I don't have that mafia connection when I was typing up my notes. I didn't think, I didn't, my brain didn't go where your brain went. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally plausible now. Mm-hmm. But before 10 minutes ago, <laughs> um, you know, I was thinking like Dana and Johnny just walked in. Yeah. And so they were, they witnessed. That could have happened too. Yeah. And they, they had to be taken out. I think yeah. Bose was butthurt because Sue didn't want to fuck him. Mm-hmm. And I think Martin was like, this is my teenage bride and my wife is making me, you know, give her up. And yeah. So I think like Johnny and Dana were just wrong place wrong time yeah and they were killed i mean well and that could be it too so instead of planning a hit it could have literally been that they wanted to get yeah. the girls and then like convenient bo's like Fuck yeah i can get in good with the with my my boss and take out someone who's been encroaching on his territory and then his boss was probably like you're fucking messy as shit and it wasn't part of the plan and that's why he went into hiding after he disappeared and it makes to- like i said before you put that in my head because that didn't occur to me. It makes mm-hmm. complete sense that he, like, pissed someone off. And that's why... I mean, I couldn't find anything about him after this. I mm. couldn't find where he went. I couldn't find... I couldn't even find a month of when he died. Yeah. I mean, it's... If you go against the boss, and if the boss tells you don't, and you do, like, you're fucked. Like, and you can go into hiding, but, you know, it the ties with most big mafia corporations and stuff like that because that's what they are they're corporations they they go deep and you could not it, it, it's either they make it public to make you kind of like an example or it's totally private and you just fall off the face of the earth like either way that's crazy yeah we'll do an episode on it someday i'll pick a, i'll pick a crime family yeah i i because i know yeah. nothing i think it'll be so yeah. interesting yeah i'll pick a crime about. family and we can chit chat about it so yeah, so that's that's here. Here's we here where we are. Damn. See, I think we solved it. Like, uh, we it did makes a, total sense too. Yeah, me. yeah. I mean, even Dmac. Even if it wasn't like planned to take the boys out, it was it was an opportunity that just stumbled, and they probably were like, well, you know, they witnessed something, whatever. But also, like, Bo was probably like, oh, my my boss is gonna be so stoked. Like, I I took a pusher off the street, and you know, it's one less person to fight. And, there you go. I think both, like, either either idea, yeah. but I definitely it's totally possible. But I definitely think that Martin and Bo. Oh yeah, yeah. I totally take that hundred percent involved. Yeah, I was hard on the dad, but with all of this, I mean, there are some cases where you know you're presented all the information and you kind of jump back and forth. Mm-hmm. But with this one, like, nah, it's too it's too cut and dry. And exactly. yeah, like, and they're both of them run deep with growing up in the town, and that's something too. The Sharps were outsiders. They moved to the town. Well, Bo was new too. Oh, he was. But he lived with Marty, who wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So they, it's like by association, yeah. he probably was a little bit more liked. But like, I mean, there are small towns all over the place and they're not accepting. I mean, you've had that, for, <laughs> you've had that firsthand. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, it Well, and it sounds like, you know, even if it wasn't the whole town conspiring, the whole town did not give a f- do this family justice yeah. at all police the neighbors who you know allowed gossip to get in the way of the investigation like this family was screwed over 
Damn, this was a good one, Thank Leslie. You. I said that's it. That's Our all first two parter. Fa <sighs> and like over thirty pages of notes. Yeah. Like shit, man. It is nuts. That was good. This is yeah. We're gonna get on. We're gonna find a way to get on this fucking forum, and we'll keep you guys updated sporadically. When DMac accepts me into his life, then I'll know that I've made it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Well, and I'll I'll hustle. I'll see what I can. I'll see what I can come up. Well, what do you, what is the answer to that then? Why do you want to be involved? Well, because I'm nosy as fuck and I want to know what happens. I say maybe go that. I was going the professional route. Maybe go the the not professional. And then I I won't use yeah. my email yet because like I said, I use the Grimistix email. So yeah. Mm-hmm. We. <laughs> He's just going to get these random. We'll make fake emails yeah. as we go. I've got, I've got a few emails that we can burn up. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll try it. So, we'll let you know if we get accepted. It'll be our ongoing saga. Yeah. But that was awesome. So, thank you. Clap, I'm snaps, so, all of it. I need to like pop my back. That was like exhausting. <laughs> well, but. you got a woohoo from my husband. I don't know if that. Thanks, up Craig. Or not. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Craig. Craig's been Craig's been distracting me all episode, like flipping me off and doing all this fun stuff that I've just been trying to ignore. Tell well, Leslie flipped you off. The double. She double flipped. Oh, and he put a foot up. Oh. <laughs> she can't. Okay. <laughs> Her I mic's in the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. All right, Amber. Tell me. Tell me the clue. Okay. So we all have that friend who posts too much shit on social media and you're like god damn i feel like i'm reading a diary a diary thank you yes god damn i feel like i'm reading a diary well i think that these people probably wished that they had never posted what they posted on social media dun, dun, dun. okay one more time i think these people wish they never would have posted what they posted on social media okay <laughs> my brain's going 100 miles an hour also all okay. i can think of is Ketty. so that's true this was a big case you're gonna have to like detox from yeah yeah (laughs) all right friends well that's what we have for you that's what we have part two thanks for sticking with it yeah and our first part two of probably many because some cases you just can't give them justice in one episode so you can't yeah but all right thanks for listening and we'll see you next time we'll see you next week bye bye the Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribic and Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics episodes are edited by Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.